0: Welcome to Seven Questions, the podcast that aims to bust through the myths and drill down into all things property. My name's Tom and I'll be your host. Today's episode is all about regeneration and the impact that it can have on the property market. Regeneration has driven a number of UK cities to new heights over the last decade, creating new amenities and redeveloping the infrastructure that attracts residents. But how can transforming a city help property investors? Joining me to discuss today's topic is Neil Rami, Chief Executive of the West Midlands Growth Company. Thanks for joining us today, Neil. Hi, Tom. Perfect. So I think we'll jump in with quite an important question, which is how would you define regeneration, Neil? For the listeners who might not understand exactly what we're talking about.
1: I guess cities are living, breathing places, aren't they? So for me, regeneration is about evolution it's about allowing a place to to grow and adapt to the different needs of of people i guess who live and work in it but i think good regeneration is also about context so it's you know it's about focusing on the purpose of the place and and somehow you know creating a sense of of belonging and community not always easy but that if you think around uh, the globe that's what stands you know, at the test of time really. I think great regeneration actually anticipates the future and that's much more difficult. So whether it's technology or industry developments or indeed uh, very topically, uh, how are we going to live and work, you know, post pandemic. Um that, that for me uh, it, it is, is really great regeneration. I think we're really lucky in, in this city and indeed in this region to have good examples of all of that really.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's something that we encourage our investors to do a lot is to sort of almost future proof their investment choices by looking ahead. And um, I think, as you say, regeneration is important for that as well. How Talking about um, the city and the region of the West Midlands, how do you think regeneration has helped um, the West Midlands over the last 20 or so years?
1: Well, I, I think I've been here for, gosh, 17 years now, but I think the regeneration story probably started 40 years ago. Uh, oh. And I think it was very much, I guess, the the local authority, the city fathers, and I'm afraid they were all fathers at that time, (laughs) uh, uh, recognised that we were facing a post-industrial future that looked pretty bleak, and we needed to kind of diversify the economy. I think that the the point in time where that step change started actually was right back with the creation of the NEC, uh, the National Exhibition Centre, because, you know, we, we had no meeting industry, we had no leisure or hospitality sector, and in fact... That in itself created, you know, what is today a 12 billion, you know, uh, economy uh, within this region. And I I think, you know, beyond that, we've we've now moved to be much more of a sort of service based economy. In fact, I was looking at it today. The the business and professional services sector is now bigger in this region than than the manufacturing sector. So that that shows you the the sort of step change uh, and regeneration has played a fundamental role. A part in that. I think it's also been driven by um, uh, a younger demographic, you know, a younger uh, population. And particularly when you look at the, um, you know, the, the housing provision, I mean, we still need to build a huge number of something like 200,000 homes in the West Midlands by, by 2030. And that uh, combined with, you know, the, the the excellence really of our higher education uh, establishment so you've got a student demographic there as well as an org- organic kind of base uh, I mean even 10 years ago we wouldn't have really uh, envisaged the city centre residential scene that, that that we see today and obviously seven are very much part part of that that story but uh, that has helped I think you know define what is very much a modern post-industrial city today
0: Yeah, definitely. I think your point there about the young population is um, so important. Uh, You know, Birmingham does have one of the youngest populations um, in the UK. And yeah, I think the demand is rising from there, especially when you consider the businesses that are coming into the city uh, that are attracted by the region. And then, you know, you have sort of graduate schemes and things like that that really do drive that that young demographic. Um, So we mentioned the NEC, which I think is a great start discounting that if we can for a second, Uh, what do you think has been the most significant piece of redevelopment or regeneration for Birmingham in particular um, since the NEC, shall we say?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's been a few, if I'm honest, and and in a sense, there's a a sequence to some of this. So ironically... um, the next big set piece developed after the NEC was the ACC, and without the ACC, we probably wouldn't have had Brindley Place. And, and Brindley Place is probably even still today, even though it's it's uh, some some years old, seen as uh, you know exemplar of of regeneration. And I think there's probably three reasons for that. One is it, it um, you know it, it it worked within the context of its environment, you know, so it brought the canal and the canals back back into into being really for a city that had turned their backs on the canals. And of course, from a residential perspective, everybody now wants to kind of park themselves along um, the canal. And we saw that also with with the mailbox and and then the cube. I think the other, uh, uh, sort of other side of town, the the other big step change was in the early 2000s, you know, the new Bull Ring and obviously the Selfridges bombing uh, being quite iconic. uh, but actually, ironically, for me, the, the biggest—if um, there was—if I was to point to one one thing that has uh, defined our our regeneration story, it's actually something much more recently, which is New Street Station. You know, you, you actually never get a second chance to make a first impression. And gosh, I remember you know trying to to navigate investors through the Carbuncle, which was the old. At station and, and now it's, it's a joy to to meet people uh, to meet people there, and I think you know the great thing about this city and this region is we are constantly evolving. You know, there's a real buzz in the city, but we're also recognising that you know re- regeneration has to uh, reflect the needs of people today, not necessarily the past. So I'm not sure you know Brindley Place would would be as relevant today. I think it's quite interesting what's happening, for example, at Port Loop. Uh, yep. And the fact that there's, you know, obviously bringing the reservoir back uh, uh, into context for everybody, but also the fact that, that there's a community being being developed there. And I think, you know, I, I often talk about the need to focus on the fine grain, just not the grand projet. So although I have mentioned some quite um, you know, significant infrastructure, very often it's the public realm. It's, you know, it's the bits between the streets. It's how we animate the streets. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens in Digbeth over the next 10, you know, maybe 20 years, that's an area that's clearly still got the, the, the grit uh, of the urban um, you know, heritage of the city. And it's how we respect that uh, while still kind of moving forward, I think is the, is the interesting challenge that, that both planners and developers you know, are dealing with on a day to day basis.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think um Digba's a great example of you know what how it's sort of even over the last few years, like you say, it still does have that sort of industrial um urban heritage that you mentioned, but it has come on in, in terms of the nightlife and the the, the arts and the, the digital business that's there I think is is incredible. Um just sort of adding to that point, how significant do you think paradise will be in terms of the mixed use um spaces it will be offering and also some of that public realm that you were talking about?
1: I think it's really important because you know what we haven't, I guess, talked about is the connections between places, and you know people kind of forget Paradise is built on a bridge. It, it's a bit like yeah. trying to trying to uh, you know redevelop uh, New Street while still keeping a train station going. It's 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 actually a phenomenal piece of engineering. But what, what I I think has been done you know very well is is the ability to literally walk through that and not realize that, that, that that's what you're doing you're, walk, you're walking over uh, a bridge I think the other thing is you know it's stretched the the what we call the, the CBD that the central business district so you know literally from Brindley Place to Snow Hill and, and now pushing you know beyond Bullring and into um, at Digbeth and uh, and what will be I guess Smithfield we, we've now got a much bigger um, you know uh, city uh, Business district, and I think you know Paradise has been a, a, an important part of that. I think the other thing to say is you know the, these larger regeneration schemes drive um, the the secondary infrastructure investment that people need. So you know I was quite involved um, in in the um, the relocation of HSBC to um, you know to, to to Birmingham, and it was important to them that they had um, uh, public transport connections. So obviously. Uh, uh, today, we, we literally have a tram tram stop outside uh, the headquarters of HSBC. So, so that's all, all part of, I think, the, you know, the, the story. And I think the, the challenge very often is, um, you know, we, we do get preoccupied by the big shiny buildings, but the reality it's, it's it's how you connect between these places and what that experience feels like that ultimately is what drives investors to do the next big thing.
0: Yeah, perfect. And I think that leads us nicely on to the next question, which is, um, as you've said, like in terms of the secondary amenities that um, this sort of investment drives, how can regeneration um, in and the big shiny buildings, as we put it, how does that impact the residential property in surrounding areas? And how can investors sort of look at what's happening and think, yeah, this is somewhere where I need to consider?
1: I think it's hugely important. Largely because you know investment is a is a global business now, and and that means you know you're talking to people, you know from from Hong Kong to to Toronto to um, to, to to Dusseldorf, uh, and they might not know your place, um, and and yet you might be asking them to invest in 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 residential or or commercial or or, or mixed use schemes. And for me, that's that's why scale does matter, and context does matter, and and strategies matter. You know, um, we all love to 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 think that we're in the place making business, um, but ultimately, people need to kind of buy into a, a medium to long term, uh, you know, narrative. And you know, I would certainly applaud the city council for their 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 big city plan, which I can't remember whether it was ten years or or, or more ago, and now obviously the future city vision. When it comes to investors, these things are really important. You know, people need to see a level of long-term commitment from an investment perspective. And that ultimately um, drives, um, uh, you know, the residential market. I think the other thing to say is, you know, from a residential perspective, you're talking about people living in these places and therefore yeah. they they need jobs and they need to feel confident that this is not just a you know a, a place to to put your head but it's a community that you want to live in and I've all, always said that so 20 years ago Birmingham was a place to get a job and move on now it's a place to build a career and build a life so so we have to think about all of those things in context but uh, the final point I make around this is is the bigger infrastructure plays which might take you know a generation for us are are, are actually for pension funds and, and for others really important so HS2 Um, you know controversial as it has been has been a phenomenally important part of our our narrative to to investors and actually in itself will become a regeneration uh, vehicle around Curzon and and obviously also out uh, by the airport uh, in Solihull.
0: Yeah absolutely I think in terms of um, projects that really do put Birmingham on the map then you can't get much bigger than HS2 and yeah we've as you say we've been following that quite closely because as you as you can imagine I I'm, you know that sort of thing does really drive um, private investors well you know individuals to think yeah this is where the tenant demand is going to be and this is where we need to be considering so with that in mind do you think that regeneration does drive um, new investment from sort of not necessarily sort of the pension funds and the and the, the bigger the larger scale uh, investment do you think that sort of regeneration drives investment from sort of uh, individuals and private residential individuals
1: I I think absolutely, and and I think, you know, you're, you're right to point to the fact that people, you know, larger institutions are looking at at the medium to long term. Individuals are very often looking at, um, you know, what, what does it mean for me over the over the next five years. And I think, um, it's difficult to sell a vision when nothing's happening on the grounds to individuals. We're now at a place where, frankly, you only need to walk the city to see the difference. Um, uh, and indeed actually in our other cities in Coventry, you know, Fargate alongside uh, the the station developments there, I-9 with the new station in Wolverhampton, you know, I mean, seeing is believing. And I think, you know, the the challenge, perhaps one of the the difficulties we've had with COVID is is actually getting people to to see the place. But of course, with the Commonwealth Games and City of Culture and various other things now, we've got the platforms, for the future for people to come and enjoy the city and i think that will see much more individual investment uh, moving forward
0: yeah that's a great point and i think one of the things that does get um sort of overshadowed almost by hs2 and the, the larger not necessarily in scale but the sort of more impactful uh, immediate um regeneration is the midlands metro i think in terms of um impacting the wider west midlands because it is easy just to focus on birmingham but there is so much going on um, around the west midlands how important do you think that'll be the midlands metro
1: look, I, I, you know transport is is hugely important if you look at some of the secondary um transport de- developments you know the, the camp hill cord you know the opening up of some of these o- older lines that's yeah now seeing in fact at seven are are involved in this we're now seeing um you know, residential developments beyond the city core because of some of these uh, suburban stations opening up, which I think is hugely exciting. I mean, literally yesterday I was talking to a developer that's now looking at Dudley because obviously the metro is now going to go all the way out to, to Merry Hill. So I, I can't emphasise enough how important um, uh, these connections are. And, you know, we have to be honest and, and, and recognise that as a nation, we've spent over, what is it, 400 billion on... Uh, you know, on the pandemic, and therefore, we have to find more innovative ways of, of making sure that we keep some of that transport going. And that involves private capital, it involves you know, electric buses, sprint, as, it, as it's known here, possibly, you know, hydrogen uh, technology and so on in, in the future. So I think, you know, fundamentally, uh, the opportunity to regenerate will go way beyond Birmingham city centre over the next, uh, you know, the next 20 years.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think, you know, one last thing to touch on, um, just talking about sort of the the coming up in the immediate future is the Commonwealth Games, obviously, and the subsequent sort of legacy plan that's going to come with that. How impactful do you see, um, or I I suppose obviously everyone knows it's going to be impactful, but what sort of um, scale do you think that will have for um, Birmingham and the wider West Midlands?
1: I I think the stakes have, have just sort of, Grown month by month um, uh, for the games because of the pandemic. So this will be the first, you know, um, fully live sporting event um, uh, that we've had for for two years globally. Um, so as a 11 days of sport, I have absolutely no doubt that this is just going to be a phenomenal experience for those people that that come and and live in the city. But In terms of the theme of of this discussion, I think what's really interesting is many of these sporting events across the globe have been regeneration catalysts in their own right. Ironically for Birmingham, I I think it's less about that. So, 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 you know, we have, or we had 90% of the infrastructure in place for the games when we bid for it. Yeah, we we will see an amazing um, redevelopment of the stadium, you know, an an incredible aquatic centre in Sandwell. Uh, where we were to put the the athletes' village, that housing development will continue. So it has been catalytic. But the irony of this is, actually, I think it will be other benefits uh, for for the city. I think this goes beyond uh, regeneration. It's about engaging communities, both the business community and local communities, in a kind of civic exercise on a scale that we've we've never seen before. It's ultimately about celebrating some of the regeneration that, that we've seen. And as I said earlier on, seeing is believing... But finally, perhaps the real opportunity for Birmingham and the West Midlands is to internationalize everything that we've we've got, you know, in a uh, post-Brexit world. We've got to reach out clearly to to new markets. And and ironically, some of the Commonwealth markets may be be some of the biggest opportunities that we have in India and Canada and Singapore and Malaysia. So I think, you know, that the size of the prize cannot be, you know, cannot be overstated here. Um, but more than that, it's just going to be a, a fantastic party. Uh, and I think we all, we all need one, really, don't we?
0: I think that's what we all need. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Neil. Uh, It was great to talk to you about that topic um, and how it's impacting so many different sectors. Um, If anyone listening today is interested in learning more about the current state of the UK property market and what the future could hold, you can download our free UK investment guide or many other of our guides covering different topics and locations from our website at 7capital.com. Now, as always, to finish the episode, we're going to push property aside for a moment and get to know more about our guest with our Five in Five. So it's pretty simple, Neil. You have five seconds to name one thing you'd have for the rest of your life from each of our five categories. So are you all ready? I am. Perfect. Right. If you could have one music album for the rest of your life, what would it be?
1: It'd have to be Teenage Kicks by the Undertones.
0: Okay. Perfect. That's a that's one we haven't heard of yet. So that's great. Uh, one meal.
1: Well, I'm I'm half Indian, half Irish. So it's got it's got to be a curry and a pint of Guinness.
0: Perfect. Bit of both. A uh, bit of both cultures in that. Um, what's your favourite curry then? Um,
1: probably a biryani actually. Okay.
0: Nice. I'm a fan of that myself actually. Um. One film. Goodfellas. Oh, excellent, it's a great choice. I think, uh, yeah, that's the first time we've had that as well, but definitely a good good choice. Uh, TV
1: show? Probably my only contemporary contribution today. There's a show on Apple TV called The Morning Show, which is just stunning, and there's a new series out uh, uh, this week, I think.
0: Oh, perfect. Is that, um, is that Jennifer it's Aniston? It's and... Jennifer
1: An- Aniston and uh, Ruth uh, Witherspoon. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, amazing writing, amazing uh, um, acting, uh, well worth a watch.
0: Excellent. And then finally, your luxury item.
1: I don't have very many, but uh, the one I'm holding, I think, at the minute is the one I'll keep hold off for as long as I can, which is my Mont Blanc pen. So there we go.
0: Oh, perfect. So you'll be able to do all the writing with your your Mont Blanc. Excellent. Well, some great choices there. Thanks again for joining us, Neil. So that wraps up this episode of Seven Questions. Thanks to everyone for listening and thanks, Neil, for joining us. You're very welcome. If you'd like to listen to the rest of this series or any of our older episodes, you can just search Seven Questions wherever you listen to podcasts. In the meantime, feel free to give us a
1: follow. And if you like what you hear, drop us a review.